0: Welcome to Radio Baladi, the first
1: Arab, Middle Eastern, and American simulcast radio show. Radio Baladi is broadcast every Friday morning on WNZK 690 AM from 8 until 9 Eastern Time on Good Morning, Michigan with Layla Al-Husseini. Our call-in number 248-557-3300. And now, stay tuned for the best radio talk show on Arab and American issues with your host, Layla Al-Husseini. Good morning, everybody. It's Friday, September 11, 2020, 19 years after the terrorist attacks that changed the face of America and the world. I'm Ray Hanania, special U.S. correspondent for the Arab News newspaper, and you're listening to the Arab Street Radio, radio balladie, radio and podcast broadcast from Detroit on U.S. Arab media through 690 AM WNZK live radio. In the future, I'd like to be introduced by my Game of Thrones title, Ray Hanania, the first of his name, the mayor slayer, breaker, political egos, father of wags, The one true believer of Steppenwolf and Jimi Hendrix, spirit of Jerusalem, and scribe of the four high schools, Bowen, Bogan, Little Flower, and Revis. Those would be my sigils. The flags of Bowen, Bogan, Little Flower, and Revis. That's what I'll do. The Arab Street Radio and Podcast is part of the U.S. Arab Radio Network, hosted by Leila El husseini in an effort to energize and empower Arab Americans to stand up for their rights. For more information, go to my website at hannania.com. Or afterwards, uh, you can check out the podcast of this radio show on iTunes, Spotify, or by visiting my podcast website, thearabstreet.org. We're broadcasting live on radio in Michigan on WNZK AM 690 this morning, 8 a.m. in Detroit, 7 a.m. in Chicago, 3 p.m. in Israeli-occupied Jerusalem, and 4 p.m. in Dubai. Just say Dubai. How's that? Gotta get all this stuff right. Save it. Our radio show call in number if you want to call in is 248 557 And uh, before I tell you our topic again, um we're broadcast we're doing an experiment. We're broadcasting on Zoom. So if you go to my Facebook page or Twitter, you'll find the Zoom link so that you can uh uh, watch on Zoom, or you can go to my Facebook page, R.G. Hanania, and watch live on Facebook. So we're on Facebook and Zoom. I had a little technical issue there uh, by accident um, when I tried to load up Facebook and Zoom on my uh, computer. So Mike probably was hearing like, where are these two sounds coming from, an echo from the radio station? So I shut down uh, the Facebook page, on my laptop and put it on my cell phone. So Mike, there Michael, it is. Oh. Hearing, like, where are these oh no, he's hearing. How, how do I stop go that? Go there it goes. Radio station. No. Oh, there it is. I can't. Too much technology here. I can't figure it out. It's one person. You can't be the radio host, the producer, the technology guy, and everything. But Mike, thank you so much for hooking us up. I'm assuming everything sounds good on your end um, through Zoom. Very clear. All right. Yeah. See, now and we even got the uh, chat board up so I can read everything he says. So uh, that works. Facebook is working because I got people want to say hi to Melissa Hussain Fayyad. You know, I always see your name, Melissa, but I never actually articulate it. Fayyad. It's been years, been years since we met, right? When I was doing my comedy show. So let's see, there's Layla El Husseini, but see, I don't want to. How do I shut this down? It's it's been years. It's really there. I don't know. I want to just write the comments. I want to see them. Anyway, I'm going to have to figure that out. So if I'm slow on Facebook responding, I apologize. That's going to be rough um because it for some reason it goes live wait let's uh just turn the volume all the way down and i got nine comments all right jeff davis all right elan lebowitz from israel thank you elan for hooking on bilal Badr, nice to see you peter thanos nejim hassan abu amir Nedjim hassan nejim is the president of the american arab chamber of commerce in chicago and thanks to his organization, um, they were able to get the Chicago City Council to change uh, an ordinance that would have shut down all the hookah lounges in Chicago. By accident, um, they were going to ban flavored tobacco sales and use, which would have shut down every hookah joint in the Chicago uh, city of Chicago, and that would have become that would have become the. Uh, Uh, bar for what they would have done in all the suburbs and eventually the Midwest. Um, So he spoke up, explained what they were doing, and the city council adjusted the law to allow hookah lounges to sell flavored tobacco. So uh, good job, Hassan Nijim of the American Arab Chamber of Commerce. And uh, yes, Melissa Hassan Fiyad, like Boston Yad. Yad, Fayed Paul Schoenwetter is watching. Nice to see you, Paul. I appreciate it. Um, so we'll get a nice group of people on Facebook watching. It's on Zoom. Um, Zoom broadcasts to Facebook. Uh, the Zoom program allows me to have one hundred people watching live all over the world. But you know, you could do it on Facebook. Why would you want to have the webinar? I don't. Or maybe you have to have the web, which I do have maybe you have to have the webinar to uh uh broadcast on faith it's too complicated there's too much stuff it's really too much stuff but this isn't complicated our topic today september 11 2020, 19 years after the terrorist attacks you can call me 2485573300 and tell me where were you because that's a moment we remember right like the kennedy assassination i remember exactly where i was if you're old enough you remember where you were Um, And September 11th is another one um, that we uh, remember. Elvis Shahada, thank you, Elvis, for joining uh, the Facebook. You, the man. um, And let's see. So um, September 11th, there were more than almost two dozen Arabs and Muslims who were killed after September 11th that very few people talk about. And, you know, I've been trying for 19 years to get the Arab community on top of this, to get the uh, human rights uh, community here in the U.S. to deal with it. The September 11th commission doesn't listen to us. You know, we're Arab. You know, they treat us really badly. And, you know, I know it's like, you know, why am I whining? Uh, But the truth is that, uh, you know, all we're asking for is to be treated just like everybody else. I'm an American, right? I served during the Vietnam War. I served in the U.S. military. So don't call me un-American just because uh, I want to criticize uh, U.S. foreign you know, policy and U.S. American policy. Arlette Hanania Shawan, nice to see you. Thank you for watching on Facebook. Um, a lot of people. That's very cool. Um, but there were so many Arabs and Muslims who were killed. And when I say Arabs, I'm talking about Christian Arabs that were killed. Because Americans thought that they were Al-Qaeda. Just because we look Middle Eastern. In fact, there were a lot of people who weren't even Arab. Who were attacked and killed uh, in the weeks and months after September 11th. And I'm going to read their names off. Okay, Vasudha Patel. He was killed. 49-year-old Indian and father of two. In Mesquite, Texas. Wakar Hassan. 46-year-old Pakistani and father of four was killed while cooking hamburgers at his grocery store near Dallas, Texas. Ali Almond Soup killed September 17, 2001. 44-year-old Yemeni Arab American was shot in his home in Lincoln Park, Michigan after being awoken from his sleep by the killer. Abdu Ali Ahmed, September 29, 2001, 51-year-old Yemeni, Arab, and Muslim, father of eight, was shot and killed while working at his convenience store in Redley, California. adel Karas, September 15, 2001, 48-year-old Arab and Coptic Christian, and father of three, was shot and killed at his convenience store in San Gabriel, California. And by the way, each of these people... The killers, the suspects, the people who were, some were convicted, um, some were suspects, each of them admitted that they did it because they thought their victim was somehow involved with September 11th. Ali W. Ali, 66-year-old Somali Muslim, died nine days after being punched in the head while standing at a bus stop in Minneapolis, Minnesota on October 15, 2002. This is a year over a year after September 11th. the list goes on and on all these people that were uh, victims of assault, 289 reports um, just from one organization one area um, there's people that were attacked. Um, listen I, I wasn't attacked because every time somebody comes up and says something to me like oh why do you why did you attack America?" I go, hey buddy I served in the military, okay? I'm an American. I was born in this country. Just because I disagree with the government um, doesn't mean I support September 11th. Just, just because I'm Arab doesn't mean that, uh, you know, I support these terrorists. Um, Arab, the majority, 99% of the Arabs are good people. Um, and, the, yeah, there are a few fanatics. Like, every group has fanatics. Black Lives Matter has fanatics. Um, The Republican Party has fanatics. The Democratic Party has fanatics. There are criminals everywhere. You can't stereotype. I mean, you can't denounce stereotyping and then go out and stereotype people. So, you know, that's uh, interesting to me. So, um, for those people who are here the first time, Mark J. Powell, thank you very much for joining. Pete Sullivan, also, thank you so much. Layla Al husseini the queen of American news media. Um, she's watching, too. Layla, thank you so much uh, for joining us. Um, let's see. Mark uh, was telling me that he was the chief of staff for the associate outspeaker at the Michigan House of Representatives. And he was at his desk at the House office building. He watched the second jet slam into the second building. Such sadness because they knew then America would change that day, and it did. Now, 19 years later, troops still in Iraq and Afghanistan on nine eleven twenty twenty, 2020 yes that's uh that's a good observation mark we've never gotten out of this conflict you know i read these reports about how the pentagon and the military industrial complex was complaining about how their budget was over 2.3 trillion dollars below what they needed the day before uh they had a press conference at the pentagon announcing that they were in a budget crisis and of course september 11th happened now i don't get along with these uh uh, people these conspiracy people who say that September 11th was an american uh you know thing i think that's crazy but i do believe that the uh, Pentagon and the military took advantage of this right, maybe rightly so but they wiped out that deficit that 2.3 trillion or whatever it was it was huge it was a huge amount of uh, uh money that they needed our number is 248 248- Five five seven thirty three hundred. if you want to call. Um, I remember on September 11th, I was driving in my car going to work. It was like seven uh, forty eight. And I heard over WBEZ radio in Chicago, the you know public radio station, that they said a small, we just got reports that a small aircraft hit the World Trade Center. And honestly, yeah, the first thing out of my mouth is, Oh, God, I hope it wasn't an Arab because they're going to kill us. They're going to go after Arab Americans like crazy. And I'm sitting in the car. I remember I got a call from a friend of mine while he was in the car uh, saying that it wasn't, you know, that now the reports are that it was a commercial airline and that there was a second one that hit. And when I got to work, it was like people were screaming at me. A lot of good people, though. It's not everybody, but there were a few that, you know, one of the, bosses at the company where I work, why did you, why did you do this? What me? I'm going, why did I do it? What the heck did you do for our country? Did you serve during the military? I always like to throw that in their face when they say, what did I do for America? Yeah, I served in the military, buddy. So shut the eek up. I won't even say the word. Um, So they, uh, they were like yelling at me, screaming at me. And then they put up American flags in front of my office. And I'm going, what is this? Why just because I'm Arab, you know, I had nothing to do with it. It it was like this rage became racist. And uh, that morning, on my way to work, before I got to the Stevenson, where I got the where I was listening to the radio station report, I had stopped at a gas station. There was a and I wrote about this in one of my columns. There was a guy named Mohammed uh, who was at the uh, gas station. I think it was a Shell station in. Bridgeview, little palestine we call it on harlem and a hundred and maybe uh 107th street near where uh, pete's market is today and and the gas station's still there and i remember going in there to get some diet coke you know for the ride into work it was a 45 minute ride i had a lincoln ls which is a very cool car i love that car um, and I, I stopped there, I got gas, I went in, said hello to Muhammad. Muhammad said, hey, I knew your mom and dad. You know, they were among some of the first settlers, Arab Americans to come to Chicago. Um, they were good people and we had chatted. Everything was great. The next day, September 12th, when I stopped there, I, I asked the, one of the clerks, I said, where's Muhammad? They said, oh, some people came in and beat him up. Because of September 11th, like, uh, you know, this poor guy got beat up. He never came back to work. It was really very sad. And uh, um, that really bothered me. And yeah, I get it. Some people get angry, but do you take your anger out by killing other people? I don't know. Listen, this is Ray Hanania here at WNZK AM 690 Radio on the Arab Street Radio and Podcast, broadcast from Detroit. I'm in Chicago. The station's in Detroit, and we are broadcasting on the Internet also. Um, There are links so you can listen online, but I think this Facebook thing really works. I'm shocked that it all came together. Um, And uh, we're going to be using Zoom now and Facebook to broadcast the radio show and get your comments and uh, if you have any questions, I'm happy to answer them on Facebook. R.G. is my Facebook handle. So you can go there and check out that if you're not already there. Um, or you can call 248-557-3300. Again, it's Friday, September 11, 2020. We're talking about the uh, September 11 terrorist attacks. Nineteen years after the terrorist attacks that changed the face of America and the world, And uh, the forgotten victims, people who were killed because of September 11th, not during September 11th, they were singled out and murdered by criminals, Americans who were so upset, they went out and murdered people that had nothing to do with September 11th. We're going to take a quick break. Uh, When we come back, we can take calls. We'll talk a little more about who these people were. We'll also talk about some things in the news. Um, and we'll talk with anybody. If you have a question, put it on Facebook um, or uh, call us at 248-557-3300. I'm Ray We're going to be right back right after these messages.
2: Ziad brand, quality products from our family to yours. Ziod Brothers Importing offers the finest quality products, including brands like Sultan, Kraft, Nestle, Hook, Rico Pecan, Donna, and many more. Ask your retailer to carry these fine products, because you deserve the very best. For more information, visit our website at www.ziad.com. That's www.ziad.com. Ziad, quality products from our family to yours.
0: طاب ريهاب يستقبل كل الحالات المتعلقة بألم الرقبة، الظهر، المفاصل، شلل الوجه، الانزلاق الغضروفي، عرق النساء، الحوادث وإصابات العمل، خبيرات في المعالجة النسائية لخصوصية تامة للسيدات عندما تبحثون عن رعاية متميزة، اقصدوا طاب ريهاب للعلاج الطبيعي الواقع على 15001 ماشيكا نافنيو، وللموعد اتصلوا على 313-846-0555 That is 846-0555
2: Keshat's Mediterranean Market and Shish Kebab offers a great array of your favorite Mediterranean meals. Meals range from lamb specialties, shawarma sandwiches, seafood dinners, and they offer special big trays of your favorite food, plus much more. Keshat's Mediterranean Market and Shish Kebab address is 32839 Northwestern Highway in Farmington Hills. Their phone number is 248-538-9552. That number again is 248-538-9552, and the supermarket is open from 8 a.m. to 9 p.m. Kashat's Mediterranean Market and Shish Kebab will definitely leave you satisfied.
1: And welcome back to the Arab Street Radio. I'm Ray Hanania. Um, I always got to check that chat board so I know when the... uh, Uh, ads are done, and we want to thank all the sponsors, of course, to uh, Leila Al-Husseini's U.S. Arab Radio. U.S. Arab Radio broadcasts from 8 a.m. in Detroit to 9 a.m. Monday through Friday. It's the only weekly radio show in the Arab-American community. Um, There are like 4.5 million Arabs in the United States um, and uh, 7 million Muslims. I think of the Arabs, about 75% of them are Christian Arabs. So a lot of people don't understand because I remember after September 11th, it's like the whole world went upside down, went crazy. Um, and I had a lady, a little old lady that came up to me and she, because I had just given a presentation about Arabs in the United States, how American we are. And you know, my dad and my uncle served during World War II on the side of the United States, Okay. My dad was with the 5th Army and uh, uh, the OSI, uh, the OSS, and uh, Moses, my uncle, served on a battleship in the Atlantic for four years during World War II. They both enlisted after um, the uh, attack on Pearl Harbor. That week after they both went in, they both enlisted when my uncle got up there to enlist. They, my dad had some education, so they put him in the OSS and the Office of Strategic Services um, because he was Middle Eastern, too. And Moses wanted to serve with him in the Fifth Army um, in Europe with my dad, but they said, no, a guy with the name Moses, we need you in the Navy to part the seas. So that's literally how he got assigned to the Navy. It wasn't a choice. They told him, you're going to the Navy, so he ended up on a battleship, Moses, uh, did and uh, he served there four years after uh, Pearl Harbor. So I had this lady come up to me, and I was talking about all that to Americans. And say, listen, you know, you, you get mad at the terrorists. You don't get mad at stereotype people. You don't stereotype people. And uh, I I finished the speech, and this little old lady, she's probably like about in her six late sixties, seventy. Um, white hair, real nice, came up, tapped me on the shoulder. I smiled. said, hey, thank you for coming. I appreciate it. And and she kind of waved me over, and I leaned over, listened, and she goes, I can't believe you abandoned your Christian faith to become an Arab. And I, I'm sorry. I started laughing, and I just couldn't figure, <laughs> figure it out. I'm going, okay, i abandoned my Christian faith to become an Arab. I go, who learned you English? Where did you go to school? But I was nice. I said, hey, you know, how do I answer that? So I started making jokes. And then about a month later, I went to Columbia College here in Chicago to give a presentation. And I was at the dinner, and these people said, so uh, how's everything going? And I said, don't ask me. I said, I just had to go through two cavity searches just to get into the luncheon. You guys don't even know what it's like. I was being harassed, like, what are you doing here? You know, who got your ticket, blah, blah, blah. And I'm going, wait a minute. I said, that's kind of, you know, ridiculous. So that's when I started my uh, uh, stand-up comedy. I started doing stand-up comedy, and... uh um, it actually took off until you know when I got to Zanies. They I did like sixty shows as a uh, opener. At first, I was an opening act, and that's like eight minutes. And then I became the uh, second act, you know. And I think they called the feature act, and I was the feature act for like about three months. And then uh, they said, "Hey, we're going to give you your own show. Nine shows, one whole week at Zanies downtown in Chicago." And uh, I was all excited. And the first three shows, I sold out to all my relatives, you know, all those Arabs. They come in handy. You know, I'll tell you what, it helps to be an Arab when you're doing stand-up comedy because you can fill three shows. And the other seven, six shows were filled by FBI agents who were, you know, pretending to be regular Americans. So it was almost all nine shows were almost all sold out. And uh, the night of the first show, I was ready to leave about an hour and a half, 90 minutes before the show. I was getting ready to leave the house. Everybody was coming in there already, getting there early. You could drink. You could eat, I guess. And I get a call from the manager. Linda Moses was her name. She's really a nice person. She goes, I've never had to do this, but uh, you you can't open for uh, Jackie Mason. Now, Jackie Mason had called and asked if he could do three shows uh, in Chicago because he was going to open up a Broadway show. So Zanies thought, oh, yeah, why don't we put the Jewish guy with the Arab guy? So they asked me, they said, Ray, do you mind if Jackie Mason opens? Or he said, are you kidding? Of course. It'd be phenomenal. You know, the Aardvark. Who wouldn't want the Aardvark opening for you, right? So I said, yeah, put Jackie Mason on. He'll be the headliner for my first three shows and I'll be the feature act. And then when he leaves, I'll take over. That'd be great publicity for the show. I'll do that. So, uh, um, I'm ready to go. And then they call me and they go, well, Jackie Mason says that, uh, you know, you can't open for him because he didn't, he heard you, he knew you were an Arab, but he didn't know you were Palestinian. (laughs) And I go, I knew he was Jewish. I didn't care. (laughs) So, um, they canceled me and that made international headlines. Um, and that was like in uh, Labor Day weekend, uh, 2002. So we're talking, you know, wow, 17 years ago, 18 years ago, 18 years ago, um, and uh, and that story about Arab-Israeli conflict explodes on comedy stage in Chicago. It was the front page of the New York Times, it was the front page of the Wall Street Journal, it was the front page of the Urdu News in Islamabad, and... In Pakistan. They were reading about it all over the world in the Middle East. That oh, was unbelievable. And uh, this guy kept attacking me, uh, you know, because he kept saying, oh, I don't care. He's an Arab. I like Arabs. I, these Palestinians, he criticized Israel. Yeah, I criticized Israel because it's called free speech. I criticize governments. I criticize my own government. I criticize Jane Byrne. Uh, nobody yelled at me or banned me. Oh, she did kick me at it. She did refuse to talk to me one time, and her husband threatened to punch me in the nose. Uh, okay, let's see. Can you hear everybody? I don't think I do. I think it might be wrong. There's so much stuff Hopefully, the mic is There you are. And you're right, Melissa, he did. Oh, the sound is gone. Okay, what happened? All right, Mike, let's take a quick break. Uh, just in case. all right?
3: Are you going to start a restaurant or a grocery store soon? Do you need floor plans and designs? Call Naji Aboot at 734-744-9796 do you want to buy kitchen and restaurant equipment at discount prices call najibud now 734-744-9796 new concept products and design the trademark of kitchen equipment 5% discount on all purchases of $75,000 or more new concept products and design new location 31 185 Schoolcraft in livonia Learn more at www.newconceptproducts.com. Call Najee Aboud 734 744
1: 9796. شابونا الأكلات الشامية الطيبة لعنا لهم
2: وشلون بقى؟
1: هذا مطعم دماس عم يعمل كل الأكلات الشامية الطيبة وطيبة؟ طيبة كتير
0: شارفون الغدى سواب بمطعم دماس الأكل الشامي الأصيل فقط في زوروهم على 28841 هيلز. ولطلباتكم اتصلوا على 2489874609. That's 248-987-4609. دمس كوزين and catering. الشام لعندكم.
3: 248- Two nine nine three nine three seven.
2: Guidelines, and is open every day, 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. Have an amazing experience today at HT Restaurant, 3625 15 Mile Road, Sterling Heights.
1: And welcome back to the Arab Street Radio, Uh Radio Bellity. I'm Ray and Ania. Uh, we had a little mic issue there. I think we're okay now. Um Hang on just a second. Um, there we go. What's going on? Hi, technology It's a real problem. Hang on. Come on. There it is. All right. I don't know. I think, Mike, we're good. Hopefully. Yeah, we're we're good. Oh, jeez. Technology. It was so simple when you can stand on a box in a parking lot in Times Square and uh, talk to 30 people. Um, now you got all this technology. I can't touch anything. I'm like, okay, what went wrong? I don't know. Gremlins. That little old lady that came up. me. Jackie Mason. It's the Jackie Mason curse. That's what it was. 248-557-3300 if you want to call in. Uh, give me a buzz. Um, let's see. So I think we're back on, right? So if you're on Facebook, you can let me know if you can hear everything. I hope you can. Um, let's see. Okay, not back. Melissa says not back. Sound is gone. Uh oh. I wonder if that's just on Facebook now. Aye, that technology. Gotta really kinda shoot stuff here. Let's see here. Can I hear? What is going on here? Oh no. Yeah, no, it's not on Facebook. Oh wait, it does, Caesar? You sound. You can hear it, right? Shed and Mally. Okay, thanks, Shed. All right. Oh my God, it's like unbelievable, unbelievable. I wonder. Uh, um. And Mike, talk just for a second. Mike, yeah. So we can, can you hear me. S- yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I can hear you. Does okay. everybody hear Mike say hi? Mike said hi. Hello. On Facebook. You're coming. There you go clear on my end. All right, Melissa Shedden, can you hear Mike? You're coming across perfectly. Thanks, Joe. Um, all right, and Mike, anybody here, Mike? Yep. Hello. Yep, I hear you, Mike. Okay. But I want to make sure. Yes, they do. Okay. Thank you, people. Hi. So anyway, oh my gosh, technology really—we'll get this down, Pat. Somehow, I don't know. So we, so after September 11th, and then. You know, I, I was that little lady came up to me and then I went to get my hair cut uh, in Orland Park. And I'm in Orland Park and I pull into the parking lot and there's this white, I think it was a Ford, you know, a white Ford parked in the parking lot where I was going to get my hair cut. And they they painted on their car messages on the side and the back of the car. It said, I think one of them said, "If you want jihad, J E E H O D, mess with an American." They left a letter out of the word American, um, and then there was some. There was another saying like, uh, "You want to go to heaven or something? We'll send you there." It was like they painted it on their car. They're driving around with these messages painted on their car in the days after. September 11th. It was just unbelievable. The rage and the anger. Now, obviously you see this thing 24, I went on for four days, right? Um, I'm watching, everybody's watching all, you know, and then the idea, the worst part was watching these poor people that jumped from the building. It was horrible. It's, and even till now, when you see that, you know, it's going to bring it, bring you to tears. It's so painful. And, uh, um, it just went on. You'd watch the building collapse over. The two buildings collapse over and over and over again. And the stories about Osama bin Laden, who I had never heard of. Who is this freaking guy, Osama bin Laden? And why am I being blamed for all his you know, garbage? This guy's a crazy person. And then uh, the backlash starts September 15th, You know, a year later, 2002. This forty-nine-year-old uh, turbaned Sikh, Balabar Singh Sodhi, he's not Arab, he's Sikh. He had he had three children. He was shot and killed while while planting flowers at his gas station. And uh, the guy had bragged at a lo the guy who killed him, Frank Rock, had bragged at a local bar of his intention to kill a raghead responsible for the 7th, September 11th terrorist attack. This is a year later. And in addition to shooting the guy three times before driving away, uh, Rock, the suspect who was later convicted, uh, shot into the home of another Afghani-American, and he shot, he fired his gun at two Lebanese gas station clerks, according to the Maricopa County Prosecutor's Office. Um, and, uh, this guy was tried and convicted for murder. Now, part of the problem was, uh, a lot of these killings, the people were prosecuted, but nobody wanted to acknowledge that they had anything to do with September 11th. Like this one, uh, with Sadhi, this guy who was a, uh, Singh, you know, a Sikh, uh, member of the, you know, he's a, uh, 49 year old turbaned Sikh. He wore a big turban on his head, the way Sikhs do. And, uh, in his case, they said that it was because of September 11th, but in the cases of some of these other people, um, they wouldn't document the fact that the anger and the hatred had to do with September 11th. So, all right. And messages here, two four eight five five seven three three hundred. If you want to call in, because I want to know where were you and Uh, Tell me your story about September 11th. This is a horrible thing. I mean, nobody's defending September 11th that I know of, um, except for Bin Laden's, you know, uh, minions who are still out there, and ISIS and Daesh, these terrorist guys. But uh, no one in the Arab community, you know, is doing that. Yeah, there are like 15,000 Arab Americans that served during World War II with my father you know, there are a lot of them. They, they all served. they all defended this country. My dad was proud to be in, I have, I still have his, uh, flag, the American flag, uh, that they gave me when he passed away. Um, well, they gave it to my mother. I was 16 at the time. Um, so, you know, it's like, and I have all his medals. I have his, uh, you know, badges and little things. I have, uh, uh, a little piece of, uh, wood that was hanging on the, uh, section of the Fifth Army in Europe, and I think it, it's called, uh, the liquidation department. In other words, this is where they were liquidating their operations after World War II. They were shutting everything down, and they had to create a, uh, You know, the military is bureaucratic. They had to create a liquidation department, which now, when you think of it, sounds like a terrible word to use, considering that World War II had to do with the liquidation of so many human beings and uh, the Holocaust uh, targeting the Jewish people. Um, So it probably wasn't a good word or a good title. Um, Mike, I don't know if we have another uh, uh, ad break or did we use that when we were trying to fix the uh, audio?
2: Yeah, we got a couple more.
1: All right, why don't we do that? Why don't we finish and do that right now, and then we'll finish off the uh, last uh, 15 or 20 minutes of the show when we're done. I'm Ray Hanania. You're listening to the Arab Street Radio here on WNZK AM 690 Radio. We are broadcasting through Zoom and also on Facebook. And uh, if you want to call in, you can call in at 248-557-3300 or find me on Facebook at RGHANANIA, R-G-H-A-N-A-N-I-A. That's my handle on Facebook, so you'll be able to find the page and watch the show and hopefully listen to it uh, while everything is going great. So we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back right after these messages. And welcome back to the Arab Street Radio. I am Ray Hanania here at WNZK AM 690 uh, Radio. Our number is 248-557-3300. Um, and uh, you can uh, connect with us and uh, share your story. I know Melissa Fayed on uh, Facebook talked about how her uh, grandfather fought in World War I for the U.S. Army. There you go. Two of her uncles served in the 50s and 60s, and she has cousins that are serving right now. So there are a lot of Arabs that are, uh, we're very patriotic. We support, you know, this country. We support everything about it. Um, And, uh, you know, challenging our patriotism, I know for some Americans is, uh, um, you know, just an expression of anger, you know, the... When a guy, when a person commits suicide, that's a problem with suicide uh, bombers. You know, the suicide wasn't just a Arab thing um, or, you know, it was uh, the Japanese used it. A lot of people use suicide as a weapon. But with suicide, when you commit a crime, you're dead. So you're not brought to justice. They don't consider that's killing yourself justice. So you're left with this anger. You don't know how to... uh, you know, articulate the anger because the person who committed the crime has killed himself. Um, So these these, uh, uh, 19 hijackers that uh, hijacked those four planes, um, you know, uh, killed themselves. So a lot of Americans then refocus their anger against the closest thing to look like those people. And that would be me. You can look at me in Facebook, right? I am the face (laughs) of terrorism. Uh, I do have a book called, I'm Glad I Look Like a Terrorist. Uh, That title, by the way, came from uh, a longtime Chicago newspaper editor, Bernie Judge. Okay, blame him. Bernie Judge, great guy. Uh, I was writing a collection of humor stories about growing up Arab in America. And I think my title was called Yahabibi, which in Arabic means my love. So it was like Yahabibi, Growing Up Arab in America. I wrote the uh, essay for Chicago Magazine. Um, they paid $4,000 back then. That's, that's a lot of money. And Now that journalism can't afford anything. Um, and then I thought, oh, that essay was very popular. So I'll turn it into a book. So I put a collection of stories. And I was going to run it. And Bernie Judge, the editor, he was at the Chicago Sun-Times with me at the time. He said, uh, don't call it, Ya yeah, Habibi. Nobody knows what the heck that is. Call it, I'm glad I look like a terrorist. Because one of the stories was a column that I wrote for the Sun-Times that talked about how I was going through uh, O'Hare Airport. Or no, it was my, I had left O'Hare, gone to Miami. I was at Miami International Airport, walking through the airport, and security kind of, they boxed me. They put uh, eight agents, two at each corner, and they were following me and my wife at the time, and we're walking through the, uh, you know, the and she's American and she's blonde, Melissa. We're walking through the airport and and I'm looking around and I notice these people in uh, members-only jackets, okay? (laughs) You think security, you know, they blend in, but there were like eight of them, two in each corner. They boxed me in. We're walking, carrying the bags. And I look and I kept looking and finally they noticed that I noticed them like it wasn't, possible to notice them. And uh one of their agent one of the agents came up to me and he said, Sir, would you follow me? And I go, what's the problem? And he goes, Come out, we need you, it's a security issue. So I said, what about my wife? She said, well she's okay. I go, wait, what is this? So they this is like uh a year after September eleventh. So they take me into a security room and they ha they have all the luggage. You know, she's outside, all our luggage is in a room now. And, uh, I think we were going to the plane and I'm going, Hey, I want to catch a plane back to Chicago. We just got off vacation. And of course I am really dark because even when I'm on vacation in like the Bahamas or the Cayman Islands or Punta Cana or or Cancun, um, I can sit under one of those, uh, uh, umbrellas and, uh, no one else gets dark, but I get the reflection dark, and I still turn brown. I get so dark, people come up to me at the beach and ask me if I'll bring them a towel from the hotel. And I, you know, I try to be nice, and I go, yeah, I'll go, I'll get you the towel, I don't mind. So this guy, these uh, FBI agents, security at the airport, you know, they're looking for anybody that looks like a terrorist, I guess. And uh, I'm sitting in the room, and they're ripping my bags apart All this, uh, I'm embarrassed because I'm bringing back all this uh, uh, tourist trap junk. You know, these wood carvings and stuff that filled up my bag. It's like, you know, electrical. There's some electrical stuff in there, camera, battery chargers and everything like that. And uh, then they get to my wallet and literally they're ripping it apart. And my Chicago Sun-Times newspaper... (laughs) Um. ID falls out, I think it was 19, geez, I can't remember when that was this is before September 11th I think it was like 1988 or something and uh, my ID for the Chicago, I'm a Chicago Sun-Times reporter and they all stop and suddenly, oh we're sorry you know, we just we, you you know, we had to check you out I said, why? What did? What was the reason? was there something? And he pulls out a Polaroid picture of a terrorist-looking dude in a Panama hat and uh, one of those, uh, uh, what's that material they use, that double uh, nylon, like, uh, from uh, 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 one of those, uh, that John Travolta movie, Um, you know, like, he's disco. He's (laughs) like a guy holding a Panama hat on his head and his hands up in the air like he's dancing with John Travolta. And I said, first of all, I said, that's ridiculous. And second of all, how do you get a terrorist to pose for a Polaroid camera picture? I said, come up with something better. If you're going to stop me next time, don't just bring up a Polaroid picture and say that I look like the guy in the Polaroid picture and that you had to stop me. I said, that's ridiculous. This guy looks like an FBI agent who was coming home from uh, vacation wearing crappy clothes. So uh, I wrote a column about it. It was hilarious. It was funny, and uh, Bernie Judge said, you know, that, I was glad I looked like a terrorist because then they packed up all my stuff. They apologized. They carried it. They held the plane off. They used their, uh, you know, uh, communications equipment, told the plane not to take off. They had a uh, priority person. They walked us and carried all our luggage, the FBI agents, (laughs) after they packed it all up, took us to the plane got us on the plane, bumped us up to first class, you know, because they were so they were worried that I was going to write a story, which I was going to write. I don't care how much uh, champagne glasses they brought to me up there in first class. Um, you know, I was embarrassed because they had all my old clothes, my dirty clothes. Who washes their clothes when you're at the end of your vacation? And you got all that tourist trap junk that you buy. It's embarrassing. It looks great on your mantle, but a bag full of it at the airport you look really goofy so they uh uh they walked me back and i said hey you know i didn't have to go through security obviously for obvious reasons they walked me through went right in like i was some vip like i was george clooney and uh you know um i said hey i'm glad i look like a terrorist this is first class treatment i appreciate it i hope you stop me every time i go through the airport so that was the book i wrote uh, and I think it's over my right shoulder. Oh, here it is. There. If you're watching the Zoom or Facebook, it's over my uh, right shoulder, which uh, would be screen left, I guess. I don't know. Anyway, two four eight five five seven three three hundred is the number if you want to call in. And I appreciate everybody on Facebook who's watching. Uh, my buddy Dave O'Connor is there, and uh, Hassan Nijam. Yes, God bless America, buddy. Dave Astor is watching. Dave Astor, this was a great columnist. He writes a humor column. I think he used to write for editor. He wrote for editor and publisher magazine. Dave Astor, thank you for tuning in. Uh, what a great writer he was and is. You know, I've never been good. Who learned me English? I know. I don't know. I couldn't, uh, I have no idea how I got into journalism. I can't spell. I, my English sucks. I write the way I talk which is about 85% accurate, okay? So uh, I always talk in the past tense. So I remember trying to compliment a neighbor once, and I said, oh, you guys used to have the best uh, lawn care. And, and then the woman looked at me like, really, that angry look in her face. We used to? And I said, no, I mean, I just, when I lived with you, you know, next door to you guys, I ran into her. I said, your lawn was beautiful. The landscaping was phenomenal, It still is. My husband worked like crazy on it. I said, hey, I wasn't criticizing you. It's just the way I talk. It is the way I talk. And I'm just trying to watch uh, everything here on Facebook for any comments or questions, if there's any questions you want to ask. But I'm going to post this whole list of... uh, people who were killed um, at in the weeks and uh, months after September 11th uh, because they looked Arab or Middle Eastern um, because they've never been acknowledged you know they should be acknowledged these were victims of September 11th they didn't get any money they didn't get any support they didn't even get any recognition I'm not even sure the money is the big issue but you know, everybody that, all the families that uh, lost people on September 11th got money, right, from the government. Um, but they don't consider a person who was killed in a backlash, a hate backlash, as being a victim of September 11th. And I think that's wrong because they died specifically because of September 11th. That's specific. and listen, there's a lot of other things going on. Uh, I want to... Uh, uh, give a shout out to uh, Marie Newman. Marie Newman uh, won the Democratic primary in the third congressional district. I did an analysis um, using a New York Times survey um, that New York Times went through all the congressional districts and identified the 25 uh, congressional districts with the largest Arab American populations. And what was interesting to me is of those 25, and there are actually 50, But they uh, listed 25, and only two of them had Arab-American representatives, Ilhan Omar in uh, uh, Minnesota and uh, Rashida Talib in Michigan. They're the only two Arabs representing uh, congressional districts that have large, that are among the top 25 or top 50 uh, congressional districts with large Arab-American populations. Uh, And the others were all non-Arab. And my argument is we need to be ready to work with these uh, non-Arab congressional members because, first of all, we're American, right? We're part of this country. Yeah, being Arab is important to me, but being American is important to me too. So a lot of Arab Americans worked with and supported Marie Newman, even though there was a Palestinian Arab running who had no chance in hell of winning, he ran anyway, and there was always a suspicion that he did it because uh, he was trying to, you know, uh, torpedo Marie Newman's chances. She had run against Dan Lipinski two years ago, almost won, and in this past election in March, she did win uh, with a very sizable, uh, almost three uh, percent margin, which is significant. That's not a small margin. You get three percent, that's great. That's a victory. And uh, about this this other guy, uh, I'm not going to mention his name. He won't talk to me because I guess I didn't didn't support him. I don't care. You know, Arabs, we get too emotional, I think. So uh, he spent almost $870,000 on his election, and he got 5,000 votes. Out of 110,000 votes, I told him at the time, you're running a crappy campaign. You don't even know how to run... A candidacy, I said. You know what? What's your purpose for running? Marie Newman, on the other hand, ran a phenomenal campaign. She hit all the issues. She reached out to everybody, including Arab Americans. She didn't run as a, you know, an Arab American. Uh, she didn't run as whatever her ethnicity is. She ran as an American to represent everybody. And she told the American Arab community that she's going to make sure that their voices are heard. And you know what? That's all Arab American voters want. I just want my voice to be heard as an Arab American. I want you to listen. We don't have to agree. There is nobody in politics. I try to explain this to Arabs all the time. There's no one in politics where you agree 100%. It's not possible. Even in this choice between Biden and Trump, um, neither of them is 100%. You know, when it comes to the Arab community, maybe Biden is more and Trump is far less. I mean, he keeps going down the tubes the way he's treating Arabs. But I think he's just angry because he was very close to the Arab community years before. And, you know, ironically, Arabs are traditionally Republican because they're very conservative. Um, but in Illinois, the Republicans don't really exist. I'm sorry. Um, so Marie Newman won, and she's going to be the congressman from the 3rd District. And she's phenomenal. She's phenomenal. She's very sensitive to everybody. She's concerned about everybody. She wants to represent everybody. And, you know, her predecessor, Dan Lipinski, he was a nice guy, but he marginalized Arabs. He didn't want to have anything to do with us. I remember going to Washington, D.C. when I was doing my comedy show uh, in 2007, uh, the Israeli-Palestinian comedy tour, and he wouldn't even come to see the show. I said, geez, you're my congressman. He wouldn't even come to watch the show that was being done, hosted by members of Congress. My own congressman wouldn't even be there. Jeez, oh, Okay, Dan Lipinski. You know, so I'm going to tell you what it's a relief to see Marie Newman uh, in the third congressional district. She's a progressive, centrist, uh, moderate. She has some strong views. I know she wants to change things and stand up for what's right. Um so there are stories if you go to my website at hanania.com uh you it's the hub uh where uh, the com and or hanania.com and it links to all my uh writings at the Arab News newspaper um at the uh com or at uh suburbanchicagoland.com you can read all that and you can read the columns and uh, analysis that I've done about arab americans and their uh political potential so listen this is an experiment we're going to try it hopefully next time we won't have any interruptions i'm not sure if i bumped the mic i got a great mic system a rode mic and a focus right uh uh audio uh mixer that i'm using connected to uh my macbook pro anyway listen Check me out online at hannania.com or thedailyhooka.com. And you can check out all my uh, writings there. I'd love to hear your comments. I want to thank everybody for watching on Facebook and everybody who's listening and watching on Zoom. And I want to thank Mike, our producer there at WNZK AM690 for doing all the hard work and heavy lifting. You guys have a great week. And remember, fairness is the most important thing, and justice is the most important thing in the rule of law. That's more important than emotion, anger, and whatever. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you. You guys have a great week. We'll talk to you later. Bye-bye, everybody.